I'm not here to be quiet and take your teachings and not ask questions. Like that's how atrocities happen. I'm going to eat all, absorb as much as I can. And I'm going to take what fits for me and fits for my clients and is of highest good for right now. Namaste and welcome. I'm Vettina Blumenthal and you're listening to the Soul Compass Podcast. I'm here to help you find your inner calm and deepen your self-discovery journey. Take this moment and focus on yourself, for your mental health, your ability to find ease in your everyday life, and your emotional well-being. It is so important that you nourish yourself not only physically, but also emotionally and mentally. Here at Soul Compass, you'll learn practical tips from experts who will leave you with a sharper focus and a renewed commitment to yourself. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Soul Compass podcast. Super excited to dive into today's episode, but before doing so, I wanted to share a little bit about my journey. Before I really started diving deep into my journey, I found myself a little more judgmental, I'll be honest, and I often thought if people didn't believe what I believed or didn't see things the way I saw things, that maybe we weren't in alignment. Maybe we weren't meant to be friends or we weren't meant to be partners. But the more I have dove in and began to be a little more curious with myself and with other people's thoughts and journeys and beliefs the more it's expanded my mind and the more it's actually helped me understand what works for me on this journey and hey, what works best for other people and their journey. Before we get into the episode, let's take a moment to connect to ourselves. It's time for you, time to connect to you. So if it's comfortable for you, uncrossing your legs, planting both feet on the ground. If you're driving, please do not close your eyes. But if it's safe to do so, closing your eyes, just stacking your shoulders directly over your hips, placing your palms on your knees, and taking this opportunity to tune in. Are there any feelings, sensations that are coming up. Maybe noticing if there's any tingling in the hands. Can you allow your shoulders to soften a little more? Allowing them to relax down and away from your ears. Allowing the jaw to soften, the muscles in your face, your forehead. And we'll begin with three rounds of breath all together. Inhaling for the count of four, three, two, one, pause. Exhale for four three, 
two, one. Inhale for four, three, two, one. Pause. Exhale for four, three, two, one. Last round. Inhale for four. Pause. Exhale for four. Coming back to your natural rhythm. And gently fluttering your eyes open. Now that I have you here with me, fully present, fully grounded, let's dive in. I'd like you to think about this with me for a minute. If you had to pick one person to follow and learn from every day, who would that person be? The answer will be vastly different for each and every one of us, I'm sure, but I'd be interested to know how many of you simply thought to trust and rely on you, yourself, among all others. We talk in our society about the importance of mentors, surrounding yourself with positive people, studying or finding spiritual awakening from spiritual leaders or gurus. Then on a base level, you're listening to your parents, your grandparents, your teachers, the list of people in your life right now that you could learn from, if you really sat down and thought about it, is huge. And yet, how many opinions do you actually need? How many thoughts or feelings do you need to take into consideration? How many teachings do you need to shape your own personal self-development journey? This is one of many very interesting topics we dive into today with my guest, Erin Duppelt. Erin is a highly fascinating individual with a self-discovery journey unlike many that I've ever encountered. Her travels, studies, and life experiences have brought her to a place where her mind is completely open to unique opportunities that come her way. And her ability to verbalize how these experiences have shaped her is really inspiring. Erin is an international wellness consultant, spiritual teacher, host of Wise Woman podcast, and retreat leader. She facilitates innovative mindfulness workshops and trainings in areas of meditation, emotional intelligence, positive psychology, conflict competency, nutrition, yoga, and spiritual, personal, and professional development. She is the creator behind the Certificate in Mindfulness and Wellbeing Strategy and Soul Immersion Coaching and Training Programs. Erin developed her programming based on her experience living and learning in the Middle East and Southeast Asia. Erin earned a master's in clinical psychology and education from Columbia University and is a certified functional medicine health coach. Today, we dive into so many great topics. We cover what it was like spending time in an Osho ashram in the desert of Israel, the value of exploring other cultures, other spiritualities, and other ways of life, listening to your own divine inner voice and being your own guru, the chakra system, a personal favorite, as some of you might know, and reading your body, 
learning to work with your resistance and asking yourself questions, that ability to check in. One really fascinating topic for the ladies specifically, but hey, gentlemen, you might find this fascinating as well. Understanding the phases of your menstrual cycle and how to work to benefit each phase. So syncing up your work with your cycle and getting to know your inner rhythm, the cycle of the moon and how this affects you. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. moment of truth, Erin and I just finished recording for her podcast, the Wise Woman Podcast. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. Uh, So we're kind of in this state of flow. We've already reached this sense of vulnerability with each other. So I'm really excited to see where this conversation goes for us today. Erin, one of the things that I regularly ask the Uh, guests on the show is there's this sense of like getting into the wellness and mindfulness world and there often tends to be a catalyst and what I'm really curious about is what was your catalyst to I know you went to India um, but I want to know why what happened what made you go to India I recently even wrote about this on my Instagram but I call it a soulgasm a soulgasm is when you're deeply inspired and you're so unapologetically connected to yourself and the world around you. And for me, I was 17. Like I was young. Like I regularly connected to nature and myself. And I was so interested in other people and how other people looked at each other and how they dressed. And I was a hyper observer. When I was 17 years old, there's a very, very specific moment. I was laying in the desert in Israel, in the Negev. I was looking up at the stars. I was on a teen tour. And as I was looking at the stars, I understood energy in a different way or God in a different way or like my understanding of the universe in a different way. And I kind of made a commitment that I was going to share that feeling with the world like bottom line, that's what I wanted to do. Help people wake up, help people be happy, help people explore. And then you forget. So I forgot for a very long time, went to school, joined a sorority, bullshit lifestyle, drank a lot, eating low quality food, having very low quality relationships. Moved back to Chicago. I'm from Chicago, started working in corporate marketing. And every now and then I would remember. And sometimes it would be when I was hungover in the morning. And sometimes it would be after a really good cup of coffee. And sometimes it would be stalking a traveler on Instagram. And every now and then I would remember who I really was at my core, which was a seeker, an explorer, a spiritual being living in a a kind of a human experience. At the same time, an organization asked me if I wanted to lead a trip to Israel. I said, yes, stayed for the next six months, studied Islam, studied Judaism, learned to live off the land, spent a lot of time in the ashram in the desert. It's an Osho ashram in the desert of Israel called Shatin Bar. It's super wow, like really radical, met like shaman who knew everything about me, walked in the desert for a very long time, 
And ultimately that led me to India. So India was already when I was like deep on the path, like really radically showing up. I was serving in the slums of Mumbai for the first two months I was there, lived in silence for a while, visited many ashrams and spiritual centers, dated like a a decently well-known actor and and broadcaster, uh, accidentally joined a cult, like all like the crazy things that happened when you're in India. Uh, Vatina and I just found out we did study in the same yoga teacher training, which is absolutely insane. We do not recommend it. And I think like on a soul level, I adore you in a different way because this yoga teacher training we did in Kerala was pretty brutal, pretty brutal. Brutal. Yeah. But a big thing for me is I received my acceptance letter to Columbia when I was living in that insane ashram and that changed everything for me. So then I came home you know, spent time in New York, got my master's in clinical psychology and education. And ever since then, I work one-on-one with people and I teach meditation and more spiritual-based counseling. I lead retreats around the world. I bring the like science of happiness and positive psychology and EQ to corporations. And then I have my signature programming, which is my group coaching, soul immersion. And I just launched a certificate in partnership with UPeace, a United Nations university they are partnering with me to launch a certificate in mindfulness and well-being strategy to certify people to really show up, become experts in meditation and mindfulness and immerse themselves in really modern day wellness. That's amazing. I kind of wanted to reel back a little bit. Um, Two things. After, I don't know if you've seen Wild Wild Country on Netflix, Oh, yes. So for those of you who are not familiar with Osho, he is the love, sex, money guru. I'm curious to know how was that experience in the ashram in Israel? So Osho's absolutely everywhere. Like Osho, he's referred to as the Bhagwan in the documentary and it's active meditation, which is what I teach. It's really good meditation for people with ADD, ADHD, anxiety, depression, compulsive negative thought patterns, which is millennials, which is us. So the ashram in the desert in Israel, it's peace in the Middle East. It's Israelis, it's Palestinians, it's Europeans. It's like everyone from around the world coming together and meditating and chilling and like smoking something. And like, it's really a special place. The documentary is amazing. It doesn't really portray Osho or the Bhagwan in a good light, but I think that's a healthy perspective to have on anyone you call a guru. I mean, we could dive into the whole idea of having shadow sides, which we all do have. And I love that you just said that it's a healthy perspective to have because even gurus are human. I am indifferent. I think it was a fabulous documentary. I was hooked. I've never been to any of his ashrams. I, when I was in India, you know, you see all the books out, Osho, 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 all the books. And I have one Osho book and I've never actually opened it. I still think it has plastic wrap on it. So I was just curious to know maybe what gravitated you towards that particular style of meditation and practice? I am not at all loyal to Osho. I'm not at all loyal to like one brand at all. I was so hungry for everything. So I ate and absorbed and studied everything. I like Osho. I like shaking. It's a great way to move energy and and like deep breath work. I think he brought a lot of great things into the world. His ashrams, 
the one in Israel, it's, it's more of just like a spiritual Mecca. So that's why I showed up. And even I found out when I got there that it was more Osho based. We both kind of went to the unsuitable yoga teacher training, but we stuck through it. And it's almost like these experiences have probably been one of the biggest lessons for you. Do you know what that lesson was? Find your brand and stick to it. My brand right now, and like what I I speak about is the integration of the East and the West. So Eastern ritual with Western psychology, blending both. And that was so not for me. And that's so important to know. Yeah. Do you have a guru? I recognize like my higher voice or my wisest voice as my personal guru in that same breath. Like I am Jewish and I really resonate with that lineage and that narrative. And in Judaism, there's an energy called the Shekhinah, which is like the divine feminine. And that's something that I go to for guidance. I also like my mother is brilliant. So I left India really not interested. And even still today, I kind of call bullshit on like every guru. Like that's just not for me, but I encourage anyone to be devoted in any which way. Yeah. I love that you said that you listen to your divine inner voice. I, I'm a big believer that we are our own gurus. We do know what's best for us. And we can have like teachers and guides that can help lead us closer to that connection. That is a beautiful suggestion. I think you need to explore, discover what feels right for you. Maybe fall on your face a few times. But there are so many different lineages out there. And that's not to say one is better than the other. It's being open to what speaks to your soul. You might grow up in a certain tradition and then find something else that actually speaks to your soul that helps you evolve and raise your consciousness and awaken yourself. But yeah, a lot of this journey is being open and being open to exploring and also being open to other people's journey of exploring. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, just remembering that every person goes to the bathroom, like every person gets constipated, like every person like is attracted to something that might not be good for them. Like every person has sleepless nights, like humanize the Pope, humanize. Like I met Ama, like I've met a lot of the great gurus. You got to do what's best for you. Yeah, you do. And it's so beautiful to see that you've been open and each time that maybe something didn't work out for you, you got a little bit closer to yourself. Because sometimes we need to know what we don't gravitate towards or what we don't like or really resist to like find a deeper connection in some other capacity. (laughs) Absolutely. And even your journey as well. Like, do you partake in a specific guru? You know, I have many teachers. I'm really, really conscious of who I gather advice from. And that's not to say I don't respect other people's opinions, but often I sit with it and I'm like, okay, well, does this feel right for my soul? And I've been a big nerd in studying a lot of different religions, philosophies, and practices. I'm such a curious mind and I grew up going to a Catholic school And in high school, you traditionally have to take religion. And the first year I could take world religion 
I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> I feel I like couldn't wait to explore. And that was just even like a naive, unconscious version of myself that was still so interested. And I listened to that and I gravitated towards actually Judaism and Buddhism. Those were the two lineages, one a philosophy, one a religion. And I dove in and explored and through all of my studies and through all of my curiosity, I've kind of just created a mishmash of what works for me at the end of the day. And I like to teach from that place, being open. My favorite tool is the chakra system, is your energetic system. So I teach a lot from that as like my base. But I studied with Anadea Judith, who's a psychotherapist from the US, and she brings this connection of East meets West. Because when you look at the West, you might see that for the most part, we're in this financial abundance. And you might look at the East thinking, okay, they're a little bit in a deficit for abundance. And that's not for everything, but let's just generalizations here. But spiritually in the East, they have so much abundance, spiritual abundance. And in the West, that is something that we're lacking this sense of community, this sense of connection. So for me, it's like, okay, how can we bridge these two worlds, which Erin, you're doing so beautifully, and I know that's where we share a passion as well. But how can we bridge these two worlds to create holistic abundance and also reconnect? We have so many mental health problems within North America, and a lot of that stems from not having guidance I like to call it self-discovery, self-development, whatever feels most comfortable for you. Spirituality sometimes doesn't sit well with people, but the whole idea around that is to connect deeper to yourself, to remember why you're here, what your purpose is, and the more you're connected to you, the more you're going to connect with the people in your life. That's a long-winded answer to say, no, I do not have a guru. (laughs) No, that's amazing. And I agree. I think in every required, like every course that I share, it's required to read Eastern Body, Western Mind by Andoe Judith. The chakra system, which is the basis of my group coaching, the basis of my certificate program, our body is so wise. And clinically speaking, we have somatic emotions and feelings in our body. And the body is so much wiser than you. So you want to heal, you must tap in. Like if you want to heal, you got to tap into what's lying beneath the surface. So If you're somebody who feels like a lot of shame, then there's no wonder that you always have pain in your hips. Or if you feel like your actions are not aligned with your ethics, then of course your stomach is always going to be clenched. So really diving a bit deeper. I mean, this is the basis of my business as a whole. How are you showing up for the integration of both? And definitely with my background in clinical psych and definitely like living in India and like challenging. Vatina and I were talking a little bit earlier about how Vatina resonates with like the rebel of certain movements. And I agree, like I'm not here to be quiet and take your teachings and not ask questions. Like that's how atrocities happen. I'm going to eat all, absorb as much as I can. And I'm going to take what fits for me and fits for my clients and is of highest good for right now. It's a plethora of options. It is. I always kind of visualize it as taking new tools for my mindfulness toolbox. If I'm feeling a sense of resistance, I ask myself, okay, why am I being resistant? 
am I being resistant because I'm being avoidant? Because that is, we talked about this in Aaron's episode, that I'm an anxious avoidant. And if you know attachment styles or if you're interested in attachment styles, go get the book Attached. So I'll ask myself, am I being resistant because I'm being avoidant? Or is this my body telling me that this is not for me? So I get curious and I ask myself because there's no right or wrong way to dive into this work. And even new yoga teachers that will come to me and they'll ask me, oh, Vettina, like, where should I start? What should I continue learning? And that is it. Like, continue learning, but what is speaking to your soul? The chakra system was what spoke to my soul. And I keep, to this day, finding more and more about myself through this one system. It is a map. It is a guide. But with maps and guides... To get from point A to point B, there are many different routes and there's no right or wrong route. It just is what is that route and that journey for your soul. So like any particular practice, it's finding what speaks to you. How can you continue to evolve and listening to your inner guide, that inner genius, that inner guru that lives inside you. (laughs) And that's why we meditate and that's why we use the chakra system. So if you're somebody who has a hard time making decisions, like this is like a really good time to drop in and meditate. This is a really good time to learn about the chakra system. Statistically speaking, it's predicted that we make 38,000 decisions in a day. And for women, we make those most of those decisions first thing in the morning. Even right before you and I hopped on this podcast, somebody reached out. She wants to work together one-on-one. She's very stressed. She's very stressed. She wants to get pregnant one day. Stress really hurts fertility. I was sharing with her how we make so many decisions. And I said, for example, it's 8 a.m. Central time. And you and I are on a phone right now. And I guarantee you already stressed about and decided what you're going to pack for a lunch, how you're going to do your hair this morning, what outfit you're going to wear. Should you look at your emails now? And then I like kept listing all these off. And she was like, oh my God, you like read my mind. And these silly things just stress me out. And by the time you get to your desk at 9 a.m. or like you're sitting down to like write or do like your soul-centered work, you're depleted. And it's nine o'clock in the morning. It's so true. We have to make so many decisions every day. This is why half the time when working with a coach or working with someone, I'm like, just tell me what to do. Like when I hire someone to like help me with digital marketing, I'm like, just tell me what to do. I'll just do it. I don't even want to decide. I just need you to tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we both work with entrepreneurs and That happened naturally for my business. We're more entrepreneurial. Men and women would come and say, how do I do what you do? Or or how can I grow my business from a place of deep soul alignment? So it feels like sharing instead of, you know, maybe something that doesn't feel so aligned in the body. And one of the first things is like, what are you doing in your schedule that you don't like to do? And is there somebody who can do it for you at like a highly reduced rate? So delegate, like stop doing the things you don't want to do. It's like your fuck it list, like be done. Yeah. And like you could be concentrating, putting your energy into something that you really thrive and enjoy. And it's like, what is the energy that's being used on something that you don't even really enjoy doing? Because that might be at higher risk than just hiring someone and paying them to do it at the end of the day. But speaking of entrepreneurship, Erin and I are 
going to finally meet each other in a month. This is like pre-recorded a little bit in advance, but we will be meeting each other at Dovetail Base Camp. I'm so, so, so excited. And Erin will be speaking about how to sync your cycle with your work and life. Uh, this was an interesting topic that really stood out to me and as a woman who you know goes through different cycles and I and I really try and keep track of my cycle especially over the last two years my ears perked up when I saw this was going to be a workshop at the conference and so Aaron how do you sync your cycle work with your work and life so if you ever feel like you don't have enough hours in your day then cycle syncing is for you. If you're somebody who's super stressed out and you're trying to kind of work at full capacity all the time, then cycle syncing is mandatory. If you're working on your fertility, I mean, this is a huge conversation piece. So women, we are blessed with something called our period. It is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. Do not be sad or stressed or upset about it. Um, if you have extreme cramps, give up alcohol, give up sugar, see what happens to your body. Email me, let me know. We follow a natural rhythm of a man. So our society was built by testosterone. So typically the nine to five schedule is the rise and fall of testosterone. Testosterone is, uh, it's very interesting and it works something like, testosterone is the main hormone in men. At night, testosterone is at its lowest and then it grows, grows, grows and grows. And by the time it's morning, testosterone is at its highest, which is why if you are a man or you have a male partner, men will wake up with morning wood or an erection. This is testosterone at its finest. Women, we have estrogen and progesterone. This is radically different than the rise and fall of testosterone. And this is cycle syncing. So cycle syncing is a method. It was brought to the world by Elisa Vitti. She wrote the book, Woman Code. Highly, highly, highly recommend. We start with the follicular phase. So follicular is after you bleed. So follicular phase is about 10 to 12 days. Estrogen rises. And this is a time when you have more energy. You finish bleeding, you have more energy. And this is the best time to really look at the month ahead and plan your tasks. So when are you going to do what? With this increased energy, this is a really good time to do maybe a yoga class or go for a jog or anything that feels good and juicy in the body at that time. Then we move into ovulation and ovulation is, it has peak estrogen, a spike of testosterone, and it's about 24 to 48 hours. This is when you're most fertile. So this is when your vaginal mucus is extra sticky. This is, so this is when I plan my speaking engagement. So I speak at South by Southwest. It's a, a pretty big stage that I'm very honored to speak on. And I always try to align it when I'm ovulating. And ovulation is when your hair is extra shiny, your skin is extra like oily, uh, you smell really good. So your romantic partner will like comment on how you smell. Your pheromones are super potent and that moment. This is a great time to go on first dates if you are single and dating. This is a great time to pitch a new idea to an employer or some coworkers. This is a great time for date night as you want to get it on. You are more inclined to orgasm and climax easily, more quickly, and repeatedly. So this is a really good time to just have a lot of sex. 
Ovulation is when you do your high intensity workout. It's when you can run those extra miles and it doesn't really affect your body. It's a really good time to show up for all the activities that you're truly interested in. So these are the days you can work 12 or 16 hours. So 24 to 48 hour period, show up for the ovulation phase. Then we move into luteal. Estrogen decreases, progesterone rises. And luteal is the time when you want to nurture all the tasks that you really started during the follicular phase, so a couple weeks prior. It's a good time to spend time in nature. It's a good time to spend time with family and friends. It's a good time to kind of send the projects to the people who need to edit it. It's also a good time to do your grocery shopping to prepare for menstruation. It's a good time to do your laundry. It's a good time to just like get things done that you need to. So it's just the small tasks, the dry cleaning, the landscaping. It's a really good time for editing if you do any writing. It's a good time to kind of tie up the endings of meetings or send recaps. Then we move into menstruation. Menstruation is a very sacred time. This is any organized religion. If you've read the book, The Red Tent, if you are Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, women would come together in a red tent and bleed into the earth. This is how we nurtured our crops with our menses. During menstruation, this is a time to rest. So like the question is, what does the world look like if women rest on the first two days of their period? And it's, it's like world peace. Like it's life altering if women can just really rest and relax during this time. If you have an iPhone, I think you can also have this on the Android, but if you have a phone and you can add an alternate calendar, add the Hebrew calendar and it will show you whenever it's the first, it means it's uh, it's lunar. So the new moon is always when you're bleeding. So if you are not on a hormone, so you're hormone free, this means no hormonal IUD, no hormonal birth control. You are an alpha female if you bleed on the first of every new moon. So the first of any lunar calendar, which is right now it's the 28th of Av. So the 28th day of the calendar. So the new moon is coming up in a couple days. And if you are listening to this, look at the calendar for when this podcast comes out, but any new moon, it is likely that you're bleeding. And when you are on your period, you want to be alone or you want to be with other women. This is why there's goddess circles or new moon circles. This is when you're most creative. If you say to your kids, if you say to your romantic partner, if you say to your family and friends, listen, like I'm going to be on my period for the next couple of days. Don't call me. Like, let me be alone. Let me sit down, Netflix and chill. Let me go to a restorative yoga class. Let me lay in Shavasana. What does that look like? And I guarantee you, it is earth shattering. It will change everything in your life. I teach meditation. That's like how I started all of this. And there's specific meditations for different phases. Menstruation, silent seated, gentle, Shavasana, follicular, active meditation, maybe kundalini, ovulation, breath work, heavy, heavy breath work. You can show up, you can do the higher intensity. And then luteal is again, seeking back maybe into active or more gentle meditation, more gentle kriyas. What does life look like when you practice in this manner? Wow. I need to say this because I started smiling halfway through. My father is probably one of my number one fans and listens to all my episodes. So I wonder when he stopped listening. (laughs) Ah, Amazing. (laughs) I had one other episode where 
It was how much sex is enough sex and other relationship questions. And he's like, I couldn't listen to it, Fatina. I couldn't listen. I had to turn it off. I was scared what I would hear. <laughs> oh, dad, that's so sweet. I know, yeah. dad. Okay, reeling back. That is fascinating. Do you have any good resources on like the meditations that people could find online for where they are in their cycle? There is a lot of resources. So I highly recommend anything by Lisa Vitti by Women Code. I have another podcast on Wise Woman Podcast with Steph Adler, guru. She like knows a lot about cycle syncing. So definitely check out that episode because we talk about meditation there. That's definitely something that I need to create. Also, if you're listening to this and you're interested in cycle syncing, but you are on hormonal birth control or anything in that trajectory, you can still support your system by practicing cycle syncing. It's really important that you do take time to detox synthetic estrogen and progesterone. If you are on a hormone, just know what it does to your body. If you want to stay on it, that's it's amazing. If you don't, that's also really good. Choose whatever is best for you. Birth control mimics your body being pregnant. It is oftentimes a synthetic menses. So just know how you feel on a hormonal pill because you might feel like for me, I went on when I was like 14. So I was on the pill for like 10 years and then going off, I feel amazing. You know, I feel like maybe when my mood swings have been there, if I wasn't on this pill. So question everything, like recognize why you're doing something. In that same breath, highly recommend Dr. Jolene Brighton. She wrote the book Beyond the Pill. Definitely follow Dr. Jolene Brighton on Instagram. Definitely follow Elisa Vitti of Women Code. They have so many incredible free resources. There's a free app by Elisa Vitti called My Flow. It's incredible. So you can track your period and it, it gives you journal prompts on what to really connect to during different phases. It's wild when you step out of that bubble and you can actually fully start living in alignment with yourself, um, whether that's through your cycles and really just tuning into you, whether you're a man or a woman, bringing yourself back home is a huge part of this process. Erin, this was so enlightening. I never thought of my cycle this way. <laughs> Thank you. It is a superpower. And once you start hijacking your own system, your life changes. So for example, you'll be able to work with ease in the follicular and ovulation phase. So you're working with little effort. You're showing up for your workouts. You're not begging yourself to show up. You're not dragging yourself to do anything. So for two, two and a half weeks out of the month, you show up with grace. You show up with ease. Like it's very simple. And then maybe when you move into the luteal phase, you're really only working six hours a day as opposed to the 10 you were putting into two and a half weeks that just happened. But that's also okay because you really showed up greatly and then you bleed. And I even encourage if your company lets you work from home, work from home the first two days of your period, take the day off, call it a mental health day. See how radically it changes your life. Sit with yourself as you bleed, write down your dreams, your dreams change, your hormones are shifting. You got to check into it. And if you're somebody who has PCOS, endometriosis, any autoimmune disease, um, you're struggling with fertility, you have deep, tremendous mood swings, anxiety, depression, fertility, 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 like you cannot get pregnant. You've been trying and you have either been doing IVF fertility treatment or you're deciding to, or you're looking at surrogates, look into cycle syncing. It is 
drastically life-altering. There's one practice that is super easy and it's called seed cycling. And it's when you, in the follicular and ovulation, you eat pumpkin and flaxseed. So pumpkin and flaxseed when it's follicular and ovulation, and then luteal and menstrual, it's sunflower and sesame seeds. And these are just seeds. You throw a handful in your mouth and you chew them like two teaspoons a day. Take it like a supplement, just chew and swallow. And that will help you with healthy balances of progesterone and estrogen. Wow, mind blown, mind blown. I can't wait to dive in deeper at Dovetail. We have tons of female listeners and I think that this content is really valuable and such an important movement because we've lost that connection with our cycle. We've lost that connection with our divine feminine energy. And I think this was really valuable information for myself. This is very new to me. I've heard about it maybe once before. Um, So thank you for, for bringing this to us and what a gift today. Thank you. My greatest honor. I, I love sharing. If this resonates with you, definitely email me, reach out, DM me on Instagram at Aaron R. Doppel. It's just the beginning, especially if you feel like you don't have enough time in your day or you're constantly like begging yourself to show up for the gym or to even like make love with your partner or to even make love with yourself or to even like feel good for your work. This is the key to everything. And what exciting things do you have happening in the near future? that our listeners can connect with you on? If you are interested in launching or growing your business, definitely check out the Certificate of Mindfulness and Wellbeing Strategy. It's Eastern Ritual, Western Psychology, Deep Practices in Mindfulness, and Mindful Entrepreneurship, like modern day entrepreneurship, and how to launch a business, attract clients from a place of deep soul alignment. It's a three-month virtual program where we meet on Mondays and Thursdays, and then we meet for one week in Nosada, Costa Rica. So it's an incredible program, certified through UPS, uh, United Nations accredited and established university. And you get me as your personal coach. And once you're in the program, we're technically married and I'm here to be your cheerleader and a megaphone for your brand. The first cohort filled in a second, and now we have the second cohort, which is starting end of January. I also have a retreat January 11th to the 19th in Goa, India. If you want to go to India, you want to go on a deep spiritual retreat, but also paired with sustainable tourism, join me in Goa, India. It's a chakra retreat where we connect to the chakras, science of happiness, positive psychology, while eating like beautiful plant-based food and supporting the local community, like super sustainable travel. Beautiful. Erin, thank you so much for showing up, being so raw, real, authentic. It's such a gift for us and the world. You're spreading so much light. Thank you so much for just being you. Oh, my greatest honor, Vatina. I can't wait until we spend time together in Toronto. Same here. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Remember, to stay inspired in between our episodes, you can head on over to Instagram and follow us at Your Soul Compass and at Wonderful Soul. For free meditations and mindfulness guides, you can head over to WonderfulSoul.com. And please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player so you never miss an episode. And please, 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 if this content delighted you, leave us a note 
telling us on iTunes. I read every one of these personally and your feedback really helps me grow the show and produce the type of content you find valuable. Thank you, you beautiful soul, for dedicating time to your self-discovery journey. Not only are you contributing to your own mental and emotional well-being, but you are contributing to a healthier, more harmonious world and raising the consciousness of our planet. You are amazing and beautiful, just as you are. Thank you for being part of our journey, and thank you for letting us become part of yours.